Hey there. Hey, you did it right. Welcome to the in-between. I'm Colson Lechner. We're missing John Redfern again. Room doesn't feel as full. <laughs> but we hope you're doing well as you're listening to this. And we are jumping into the next passage in 1 Peter chapter 2. Yeah. We were talking about before, like, what do we want to talk about? And there's... This is when you wish it was a live call-in show. Yeah, like, there you go. Which which <laughs> yeah. of these things do you want do us you to want really to dive into today? We've got some different options. Um, so let's talk some about the metaphors. You, Paul, you were talking about the 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 way that kind of Peter jumps around metaphor to metaphor. Yeah, and he just kind of even mixes examples. Um, you know, we we had we ran into like the taking off of uh, all the outer garments of right. old but instead of continuing that metaphor by putting it on then he jumps to infants and spiritual milk and newborns oh, yeah, that's right so, that's right yeah like he, he kind of has this <coughs> bouncing pinging effect where he he kind of weaves it's almost like yeah yeah i know that's true oh yeah and this is true oh yeah and this is true and so he just writes them all together as if they're you know all one line of where his mind is just kind of bouncing in and out um and in in essence they are they are all great metaphors and they all communicate uh, something that is accurate about this adventure of following Jesus. Um, but yet it's, it's, it still leaves this mystery. Like yeah. it, it still leaves like, so how does all of these things still work and apply all at once, all at the same time? Okay. So right, right before, I know he was being facetious, but Colson asked, what was the passage you asked about, about Jesus saying the kingdom of heaven is such as these talking about children? Yeah. Let the and, little children come to me. Right. This is the kingdom of heaven. And so you were you asked the question. Such is the kingdom. Yeah, so you're like, so does that mean heaven is nothing but children? Like, is that what that, and I know you don't think that's literally what that means. Right. But, but that's the issue with, with analogies for things or, or whatever is that I think, and I think Peter's doing that. He's moving into, okay, it's like this in this way. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes you see people overdo that, by the way, when they take that biblical analogy and then they go, they go nuts with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they start teaching all kinds of weird theology. My, my brain goes to the couple of years ago who who spoke at a place where I worked, and they had um they had taken the like sheep we've all gone astray, and then they had studied sheep, and then they would teach about sheep, and then say, "See, we're like that." Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and and that's not like sheep can't get up, can't help themselves up. Apparently, some breed of sheep. This isn't always true. When they fall mm. down, they can't get up on okay. their own. I I. Okay, and so and so he's now saying, yeah, this is this is what they mean. The Bible, yeah. yeah. The, so this so we need to, we need and to. other sheep can't help them up. Only the shepherd can help them up. And so the application of that was, you know, we need not go to counselors and doctors because they're just other sheep and they can't help us up. We need to, we need to go to God to help us up, not other sheep, and not trust in ourselves to do it. And it's it's like what, that's that's not what the analogy mm-hmm. is saying there like you you've now taken we are not we are like sheep in this way we are not like sheep in every way mm-hmm. like, yeah <laughs> right so this, but i think i think that's part of what peter's do what i love about first the first part of peter is he's trying to tell the gospel he's like it's it's kind of like it's kind of like taking off clothes yeah when you <laughs> let go of the old stuff it's like taking off a nasty old garment and it's also kind of like drinking you know what you should want is pure spiritual milk <laughs> yeah. like a baby right after you've taken off your garment i guess diaper like it's a yeah <clears throat> so and it keeps going like you were talking about 
we get in this section with that we've just talked through. Yeah, and you mentioned it kind of even on Sunday, this chosen race, royal priesthood, holy nation, and then sojourners and exiles, where it's like, wait, if mm-hmm. we're established, then why are we now being unestablished That's or right. not established in something? And again, it's it's both are accurate. They are fitting. Um, it's just funny how he chooses chooses to link them together. But here we're gonna run into where these sojourners and exiles um now with a specific purpose uh, that Peter's going to say that um, this idea of abstaining from this passions of the flesh, which war against your soul. Um, and so here link the linkage at least works of, well, you're a, you're a sojourner, you're an exile. And so what does a sojourner or an exile not have? Well, they don't have the possession of the land or right. they don't have the status of a citizen which would then give them the ability to provide for the passions of their flesh. And so here it's now as these people who can't possess, we are to abstain. And then we were having that conversation, Chris, you were looking a lot into that word abstain and the idea of not having. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to unpack that in the sermon, but man, what a, so this is, this is the power of the commentary. When you look something up and it just triggers what someone else has pointed out that, I wouldn't. I would never have hunted this down. I lack the ability or skill or whatever. But to see that the Greek word there, um, which is like most Greek words, just a combination of other roots and and that kind of stuff. But the word there, abstain, is the same root word as as you see in Luke fifteen twenty when it's talking about the um, the prodigal son that says when he while he was still a long way off. His father came to him and had felt compassion. And it's the same word that means a long way off. And so that's it's the it's not just abstain as in just say no. It is mm-hmm. stay far away from. And then Paul showed me, as we talked about it, Paul was looking at how it's even you break down the root even more, there's even more clear like you, you need to avoid this. You need to stay away from this. You need to not possess this. You need to. Anyway, it's it's going to be it's fascinating, but man, it is so applicable for us. You know, before when Peter's writing this, there's no there's no cell phones, there's no internet. Um, it doesn't mean there wasn't sexual morality all around him because there was right. in the Roman world. But but man, what a great uh, man! Such a challenge for us as as men today, as Christian men today. How do we stay far away from something and carry it around in our pockets at the same time. That's a, yeah. that's tough. It explains why it's such a tough thing. And we see it all the time in our own lives and in other church churches and in the Christians in our church and all that. Uh, I mean, it's so it, it's, it's an active thing. You've got to be intentionally engaging in this all the time because it has declared war on you. Right. And that's the, that's the word there, which, yeah, war which is us. again, totally different. Cause if it's like, it was just the first half to abstain from the passions of the flesh. You know, it's it's like how how much weight or importance do we actually put on these things, these things that are waging against us versus yeah. it's, you know, it's not like, oh, I like sweets. So I'm, I have a bunch of, you know, candies in my pocket and I know I don't need to eat too many because too many of the sweets will make my stomach upset or I won't finish my food, right. but I can have some. And it's, and it's okay to have them. And so it's like passions of the flesh aren't just like, oh, well, they're good things, just not the best things. And so you need to be careful with them. But no, these are like, 
This is a war against you. These are things that are warring, right? You know, against your soul. Not even just like a surface level things. At the very core, they are seeking to destroy your soul. And to think of them that way of like, yeah, I don't. How much do we think about social media, technology, what, whatever things that we have all around us in abundance, and to, to consider them not just as oh, these are cute little things, and I just need to be careful. But these are things that are actually just waging for my soul. Yep. Um, it's it's interesting because the flesh, the concept of the flesh, is a it is an analogy in and of itself. And so when you have the analogy, you know Jesus emphasizes the weakness of the flesh. The Apostle Paul emphasizes the danger or the untrustworthiness of the flesh. And here you have Peter talking about it, and I, I think part of it is he's clarifying. I don't just mean the uh, like, you know, James, James talks about each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. And the word desire mm-hmm. is the same root, mm-hmm. same, same root word as passions. And so James is talking about, there's a version of it. The temptation comes from this, but when desire is fully grown, it gives birth to sin. And I think that's what Peter's, Peter's talking about step two, not step one. This isn't just, you know, like Paul said, this isn't just, um, a temptation at this point, it is, yeah, this is something warring against your soul. So keep it far away from you. Mm-hmm. And, and again, maybe there's a little bit of that that's different for each of us. You know, maybe somebody else can carry candy around in their pocket. I can't, you know, what, what, by the end of the day, it will you all be them. gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say, so it may, maybe that's part of this conversation as well as, as how we each individually engage with these. Um, I don't know that that'll be, yeah, and, but I do think like because sin and Satan, the you know the enemy is so cunning. It's so if you don't see it as let's abstain from this, let's get far away from it. Right. It we it it weasels its way in to be so close. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just yeah I I notice that on a daily basis for me, and so I'm sure people listening. And everybody in our church congregation is dealing with that with the prevalence of technology and all that as we're talking about it. So this is great. I'm glad that we're getting to to unpack that even more yeah. this weekend. Yeah, and, and you brought up James. And again, James uses uh, a phrase where he's talking about those that are doubting uh, are like waves on a sea um, blown and tossed back and forth. And right, then, right. And he makes the phrase and he calls what the ESV translates um for for such a man is double minded, meaning like he he go, he operates in two different worlds with two with the same thing. Um, double minded is you know probably as good as we get of an English translation, but literally it is the uh, it is double souled um, that it's saying is it's like he has two competing souls. And so here again, mm. it's like this this idea this the like you were saying, Colson, that it's like the devil wants us to have a different soul, mm-hmm. and then we have now access to a purified soul. And so it's like, there's all these, all these things are then presented, you know, to try to change our allegiance of our soul. Mm-hmm. And wow. that's, I mean, yeah, if you don't strike it any more to the core, that's, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't, I don't know if we should mention, I've, I got a text from John. So mm-hmm. the good news is if you were worried about John, he's okay. He just, oh, good. he just overslept. Whew. <laughs> good. good. Um, so if you see him on Sunday, Tanner, 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you tell him that you miss him. Exactly right. Him. That's right. It's just not the same without him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, I think this is a real, and this is something that I don't, I don't, you know, I want to spend a whole Sunday on it. I really can't and shouldn't in some ways, but maybe at some point. But there's, I mean, it, I mean, a good percentage of this sermon, probably forty percent of the sermon, is going to be on this concept. Mm. We we know perfectly well this is a very real issue for our church and for the men of our church in particular, and and I know that the numbers among with women is this, is growing too when it comes to even to pornography and and all that stuff. But man, it it is intriguing how this is an everybody statement, beloved. This is this is for all believers to hear this. Like you abstain from this, stay away from these things that war against your soul, and. I understand how some, you know, some groups of Christians read this and go, well, then we're, we're not going to have any electricity then. Yeah, let's go to the hills. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. it's, it's a, Jesus's terminology about this is pretty extreme, you know, talks about poking out eyes and cutting off hands. Mm-hmm. And I do think, again, those are analogies and even because not all of his disciples were blind and handless, mm-hmm. which I think if they were doing it literally, but but man, that is a, this is this is a serious conversation. At minimum, I feel like, one of my things is going to be I'm really going to push you. You get the sin out of the camp, mm. and and you let it be known. Like you don't you don't yeah. face these things mm-hmm. alone. We're not hiding you, it. Yeah, you stay. You gather with some other believers, and you get help. Like yesterday, I mean, you're you're on top of it as quickly as possible, getting help, and um, and so that they get to experience that. And and you can see even in the next phrase when he talks about let your congregate among the Gentiles. Which how funny is that? By the way, he's going to use the word Gentiles. For the rest of the book to mean those who aren't the holy nation and the Gentiles who are reading this book are now part of the holy nation. Mm -hmm. So he can refer to unbelievers as Gentiles again, which is crazy Mm -hmm. language. um, But that's what, anyway, but keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. You can see how that connects to the abstain concept. Yeah. I mean, what happens in the church, the reputation of the church when, when you have someone who falls Mm -hmm. with sexual sin Especially sexual sin, but whatever the lusts of the flesh, whatever they are, and I mean the gen- the Gentiles, the non-believers mock that. Well, mm-hmm. yep. See, we that's, we told you, told you, yeah. it's all it's all a lie, it's all fake, it's all. So, the opposite. So when you have, you know, for for every bad example, you often have a good one of the you know the Billy Grahams who apparently didn't, and people worked hard to make him fall or to uncover evidence of his fall, or and I know he wasn't perfect, but. But yeah, at the end to go well. I mean, there was him. That's mm-hmm. an example of one who didn't. And yeah, um, but it's hard to be in the public light, the public eye, and and hold fast. Uh, the way you get pushed, that that there is. But I like the idea of that they, these flesh things, they wage war, being an intentional, strategic. Um, there's an energy behind them. Mm-hmm. It's not just, it's not just weakness. In this, mm-hmm. Peter is not making it. This idea is not just weak. There is something, there's an energy behind it, um, again, which I think James talks about as well. Um, and so you have to recognize it as waging a war, and you don't hide from allies when you're waging a war. You gather allies. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. That's good. And I know, and I was even this transition here that, that Peter's doing, and which he's, again, addressing everybody, and then calling them beloved, still strikes me 
because in Chris, you, you and I both relate in the sense of, you know, we grew up with very um, probably legalistic mindsets when it came mm-hmm. to Christianity and everything was just the list, you know, of things not to do. And most of the time, at least in impression, when those were communicated to me, you know, it's like when you, when you went to church and you heard the things you weren't supposed to do, I didn't hear it from necessarily, it seemed like it wasn't always coming from the voice of compassion. Mm-hmm. It was right. oftentimes it was the stronger, you know, like, uh, and in essence, the holier than thou, like I'm going to stand up here and yes. rebuke you, yes. you know, and, and again, that I'm saying as then became a, a big part of um, my spiritual maturation process because I then embodied that. I mean, I embodied that um, mm-hmm. a lot through, I'd say my younger years. And, um, but here it's not, I mean, it's like you can almost read this tenderness in Peter's voice of, he, it's not the only time he's going to call us beloved, um, but it is the first time he does in the book. And it's, it's like the, I don't know, there's something tender of like, okay, it's because I, like, I love, I love your soul. So here's why I'm going to tell you this, because there's things waging against that soul in which that I love. Um, and the, again, it's like the, this notion of, you know, Peter's, we're just coming off of the section where Peter gives us the admonishment towards brotherly love. And it's like, I'm more motivated to, to do that and to yep. hear that call when then this is obviously demonstrated in his life through the power of the spirit. But yeah. This, and he's about to do it again, by the way. It's a, it struck me just this morning looking at this, that we're about to get this be subject to the Lord's sake and to every institution, which again, we, you know, people have people's frustration, especially in the Christian world about, you know, do you wear a mask? Do you not wear a mask? Do you this, do you that? Like all that mm-hmm. stuff. And we kept coming back to Rome, this passage in Romans 13 about, there, there really is a, a responsibility of Christians to follow the authorities unless they're mm-hmm. telling us to disobey God. And and so that's a, I know that's troubling for a lot of people, but I mean, the authority is doesn't have to be right in order mm-hmm. for us to obey them unless they're making us sin mm-hmm. uh, or commanding us to sin. Which, or moral. They don't have to necessarily be moral like uh, yeah, the right. authorities themselves. That's I think exactly that's an interesting right. thing too. With like the, just because... You know, you can throw throw out our government is making what we could, would consider immoral decisions, right. whether it be about gender or abortion or whatever, these hot topics, mm-hmm. remembering that the government back then was also not, not, moral. not right. moral. Yeah, definitely and so, not. But, and, the, and that it still rings true, like, regardless. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And then here's, again, our participation in it, because mm-hmm. this, is, this isn't then the monastic, let's run to the hills make our own society, set mm-hmm. up our own things, and then right. we'll, we'll avoid you know, mm-hmm. all these things that are waging war for us. But no, we're supposed to participate in mm-hmm. that there's this, we're still subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. Mm. And we still are a part of all of this. And, and apparently in 12, why is it so our, our conduct is honorable amongst the Gentiles and so that they may see these good deeds and then the, their conclu- the conclusion of seeing our good deeds when we are a part of these institutions, when we are doing everything for the Lord's sake, is that they they themselves glorify God on the day of visitation. And and mm. that's just fascinating. Again. Man, that's really and and what I was a minute ago, what I was gonna comment on was that it like you said, verse seventeen brings us back to honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor is mm-hmm it's still rooted in love. Just what he said earlier. It's not just, it's like Peter wants to make sure and clarify, 
I know I'm telling you to obey the government, and I know the government is immoral, and I know I'm calling upon you to be waging war for your souls. And and again, keep in mind, this is still rooted on honoring the brotherhood, loving the brotherhood. Like, mm-hmm. it's still it's it still isn't just behavioral modification. It still isn't just this. This is founded in do I do I fear God more? Or do I fear something else more? Do I love the brotherhood more? Or do I love something else more? And that still comes down to that. So, yeah, that's that's pretty significant stuff. Now, do, I, okay, i got to ask, Paul, I'm curious. I, I, I'm, I haven't got to look it up yet, and I want to, but the um, see different people's opinion. Verse 12 has the line, so they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Yeah, that I, is weird language. The yeah. day of visitation is not a common no. usage for whatever. I I don't. I mean, it could be. Uh, the two that come to my mind is it could be uh, the rapture. Okay, um, and that's probably what most basic is held is that the idea that then when we are removed from finally removed from the institutions of the human institutions and he's setting up his institution that then when we are removed the Gentiles will then glorify God, but Biblically, you don't see a lot of uh, instances of Gentiles worshiping or giving glory to God mm-hmm. during any of these times that are talked about during the rapture. And so I, I tend to lean towards the day of visitation um, being being some uh, an expression for the judgment seat. Okay. That this is when they will then have to acknowledge. It's the every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. Like it's the idea that they're now faced with God and who God is. And again, he's the rock. So you're right. not breaking him. You're the one being broken. And unfortunately, we, we know our call to be in a part of all these things and to love the brotherhood well is because because of some of our actions, some of those will then be able to glorify God and find salvation and then be welcomed in, or then right. some will find themselves continuing to be like what the Gentiles are doing here, apparently speaking evil right. as evildoers and will continue in evil. And then on that day of justification or of judgment, they then will be separated. Yep. I'm, I'm intrigued because at least the first commentary that I looked at, the first one said that that, that person's opinion was that this is personal visitation, that this is when God visits them, hmm. they will go. I've seen this. I've seen this in, in someone's life. Yep. Interesting. And so I've, I've, I've got one to really want to unpack this. Like, I think that'd be really fun to unpack. And, uh, I'm looking at it. I don't want to, there's not like a ton. Um, but, uh, but I'm intrigued to look at it because it, it is different language. It isn't the common ones. It's not the day of the Lord or mm-hmm. whatever. And so, uh, now you're going to have first Peter, you're going to have Peter later talk about when the over shepherd kind of shows up. Um, and, uh, anyway, speaking of showing up. Yeah. I just totally agree with everything that was said. (laughs) It was, it was so good. (laughs) Our first live caller. Thanks for for joining us for the in-between. Um, we hope that you're encouraged.